This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 95-inch. On this week's episode, we interview the accomplished photographer behind the iconic Alpocalypse album cover, Robin Von Swank. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hello, Ethan. I hope you had a good week. Hey, Dave. Thank you. I did. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of busy. Um, I spent all week calculating exactly how many wax cylinders it would take to fit our entire last week's episode. Why? I just thought it would be interesting. No, no, no. Of course that's totally interesting. I meant why you... You should have made our intern Frank do it. That's his job. Okay, well, Ethan, at least one person did something productive last week. Oh, really? Yes, of course. Johnny O'Hearn. Oh, wow. According to Johnny, our release of the Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung on Wax Cylinder on episode 94 Inch has officially become a new entry on the Weird Al encompassing song list that he runs. Congratulations to us! How cool! Johnny does a pretty stinking majestic job cataloging each and every Weird Al song ever. Like, even if Weird Al hums something on a TV show, he probably has it listed there. Oh, he definitely has it listed there. This list is Al-encompassing, for sure. It's such a blast looking through this list, and I love it whenever we find a new song or we are able to premiere something new for the Weird Al community. You gotta check out his list. If you haven't seen it in a while or you've never seen it, head over to weirdal.info and click on Completionist Guide on the homepage. And if you know of any songs Al has sung or hummed or blinked out in Morse code, be sure to let Johnny know. Oh, I love that website, weirdal.info. It's my favorite Weird Al website. It's my second favorite after 2000inch.com. All right, well, let's move on to this week in Weird Al-related news. Yes, so our good friends, Portugal the Man, from episodes 19-inch and 76-inch, they are doing a very exciting event on Friday. So back in 2008, as a young band, and after performing over 300 shows, Portugal the Man went to a studio and recorded their full live show with no audience. And they've never publicly released this recording. Only a few select fans and little places have seen it. Never anything as wide and public as this. So it's very exciting that it will be streaming completely free on Friday, February 26th, starting at 9 p.m. Burrito Burrito time. That's 6 p.m. Hollywood Star time. Head over to PortugalTheMan.com for information and links to their live stream on YouTube and Twitch. And while you're there, be sure to check out their new Who's Gonna Stop Me merchandise that includes Weird Al's name on it. As you may have heard, the band Daft Punk has officially broken up. Now, Weird Al fans may recognize them because their song Get Lucky was included in Weird Al's mandatory fun polka medley. Now, that's what I call polka. You know, I have a funny story about that song. Oh, well, what is it? Okay, so... My wife, Jackie, she used to work with this veterinarian from Poland named Severin. 
Now, Severin absolutely loved American pop music, so he would sing along to as many songs as he could when they came on the radio. Okay. English was not Severin's first language, and he never really looked at the lyric sheets, so occasionally he would get a few of the words wrong. Oh, no. Every so often, Jackie would share these with me, and my favorite one was when Severin messed up what he thought they were saying in Daft Punk's Get Lucky. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that song's pretty hard to mess up. What did he think they were saying? <laughs> okay, so instead of the line, we're up all night to get lucky, Severin would sing, we're up all night, Mexican lucky. Mexican lucky? What does that even mean? <laughs> well, Severin just thought that's how the song went. And you know what? <laughs> if you actually listen to it, you can hear it too. So now whenever I hear Daft Punk song or the clip in Weird Al's polka, I now automatically hear, we're up all night, Mexican lucky. <laughs> I can't imagine that, but I feel like now I'm never going to not hear it. So thank you, Dave. <laughs> well, sorry, Ethan, and sorry, listeners. You will now hear Mexican Lucky as well. <laughs> I don't know. This just reminded me. My friend Stephanie told me how when she was a kid, she thought that Parmesan cheese was actually Farmer John cheese. <laughs> so she would just call it Farmer John cheese, and it kind of does sound like it so i like that story so much that i guess i had told my dad at one point and i went to tell him again because i just love that story and I, anytime someone says parmesan cheese i always mention it so <laughs> i tell my dad the story and it's like had i ever told you that before he said not only did you tell me that before but now we are exclusively refer to parmesan cheese as <laughs> farmer john cheese in my house <laughs> Well, I think you're exclusively going to hear we're up all night Mexican lucky yes. from now on in your house as well. Be sure to tell your dad that story. I will. Also. <laughs> I'll tell him twice. <laughs> now, there are definitely some lines in Weird Al songs that I've misheard or I've heard of people mishearing. And I'm just wondering, does that ever happen to you? All right. Well, the first one I got to start with, I know, Dave, you and I both feel very strongly about this one uh, from... Al's album, Running with Scissors, the song Jerry Springer, the official lyrics are, that goat doesn't love you. But I swear, when I listen to it, I always hear, that goat doesn't belong to you. <laughs> it's so weird because I don't know how it adds all those extra syllables, but every time I hear it, that is what I hear. <laughs> I can go back and forth on that one. Sometimes I hear that goat doesn't love you and sometimes I hear that goat doesn't belong to you. But I've definitely, the first time I heard it, I heard that goat doesn't belong to you. So for me, that is the definitive lyric. Okay. <laughs> now, one that I always heard from the beginning wrong is in Like a Surgeon, the line is, give me all your gauze, nurse. I always hear it as, give me all your Gosners. I have no idea what Gosners are. They're probably a made-up word, but that is what I've heard. And I've heard a lot of other people say, give me all your Gosners as well. I think that might be maybe the most famous example. I feel like we need to invent Gosners and sell them on <laughs> shop.2000inch.com. <laughs> Anytime someone would listen to Like a Surgeon, they will get a free advertisement for our <laughs> Gosners. <laughs> now, this is one that I didn't mix up myself, but after 
I feel like it was an Ask Al. I'm not sure where I, I first saw it. But once I saw it, then I started hearing it if I really listened for it. So that's in Midnight Star, where at the end, where he goes, you can read it, you can read it, you can read it. <laughs> Sometimes you could hear, eat a chicken, eat a chicken, eat a chicken. <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous, but listen for it and you might catch it. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I'm going to have to listen for that one. <laughs> When I was a child, I always heard one of the lyrics in Don't Wear Those Shoes Wrong. Okay. The official lyric is, but I'm begging you down on my bended knees. I was convinced that it was, but I'm begging you down on my brand new knees. In fact, I sang that <laughs> over and over again until my cousin came and said, Dave, what are you singing? And I told him. Is like, it's not brand new knees. That makes no sense. It's bended knees. So I thought about it, and you know what? He's right. Brand new knees yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> well, it's like the Mexican lucky. It's like, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but if that's what you hear, that's what you hear, you know? Exactly. I remember, you know, hearing It's All About the Pentiums as a kid, and the line, I'll control, alt delete you, which is really a genius and brilliant line, and yeah. it actually ended up on the back of one of the t-shirts. I, for whatever reason as a kid, heard I'll control, all delete you. I don't know what, what lichu is. I, I, I assume they're uh, something like Gosner's. Um, another product that maybe we can sell on shop.2000inch.com. Well, these are just great. Listeners, if you can think of any others, please post them over on our group, group.2000inch.com. We'd love to get a discussion going on misheard Weird Al lyrics, and maybe we'll share them on a future episode. Speaking of episodes, this week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also hard. Whoa, what is happening in Darwin? Darwin, Minnesota is home to Precast Systems, a cement manufacturing company that's been around for 49 years. Whoa, hold on a minute, there, Ethan. I gotta stop you. I think you mean a concrete manufacturing company that has been around for 49 years. Well, what's the difference? Although the terms cement and concrete are often interchangeable, cement is actually an ingredient of concrete. Concrete is a mixture of aggregates and paste, and the aggregates are sand, gravel, or crushed stone, and the paste is water and cement. Wow, that's so educational, and dare I say, fun. So how did they get started? Precast Systems' first production facility consisted of one septic tank form, one dry well form, one feed bunk form, a 1961 Ford boom truck painted highway orange, and a telephone box attached to a telephone pole. Huh. Do you think they take pride in great customer service and producing products with the highest standard of quality and workmanship? At first, I was skeptical of their claims, but then I found, wait for it, concrete evidence. Ah, Podcast listeners, Precast Systems could use your help. Despite being active since 2017, their Facebook page only has six people who like it and seven followers. You know what to do. That's right, listeners. Let's get them exactly 27 likes and then just stop. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Well, I think it's time for this week's interview. 
Dave and I are very excited to welcome to the program. She is an incredible photographer who has shot every comedian and celebrity that you care about ever, including, of course, the one and only Weird Al Yankovic. We are so excited to welcome to the podcast Robin Von Swank. How's it going, Robin? Hello, I'm great. How are you? You're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Now, for people who aren't familiar with your work, I guarantee that they have seen your work maybe a hundred times. Even if they're not Weird Al fans, you have shot so many incredible people. You are the go-to comedy photographer, as far as I can tell. One of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. But not yeah, the only I, uh, one. I, but... <laughs> not the only one. Um, yeah, I uh, I happen to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. So I just feel very lucky <laughs> that I got in <laughs> at the you know the right spot in history, basically. Your resume of all the amazing comedians that you have worked with is incredible, and I want to get to some of those shortly, but I would love for you to give us and our listeners a little background about just you know, where you grew up, how you got into photography. Sure, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, um, where it's super rainy and cold, <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah, it was like a great place to grow up. Just lots of nature and, you know, fresh air and stuff. Um, and yeah, as a kid, I was kind of a weirdo and didn't have that many friends. Um, but I had this one friend named Matthew Shelton. And I think it was like we were in like the third third grade where like boys and girls like didn't want to hang out with each other. Um, and it was like weird and gross that like, we even like <laughs> you know, or whatever. I just remember that it was like a big thing. So that was like what we had to overcome to like have our friendship. Um, but he lived uh, across the street from the school and every day after school, I would go over to his house and like jump the fence and like make sure nobody saw me. And he had this huge backyard. And in my, my memory of, you know, being that young, it was like this beautiful, magical, like New Orleans land with like huge willow trees and like, you know, moss everywhere. Wow. I'm sure if I went back now, it's like just like a normal yard. But <laughs> when I was a kid, it was a magical <laughs> kingdom, right? And so anyway, we would play, we would make believe. And he introduced me to Weird Al. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. yeah, so we were just like we just you know it was like <laughs> the greatest thing we'd ever discovered and um yeah we went to the first concert I ever went to was Weird Al and with him and it blew my mind and it's still by the way like I went to one a few years ago it still like blows my mind yeah <laughs> he's such a good performer yeah. <laughs> so you know for me to like experience that as my first you know real concert it was just like you know, amazing. He puts on the fat suit and yeah. So it, it just, you know, it made me like kind of solidified my, like, I want to be in entertainment. I want to be close to this kind of stuff. I want to work, you know, work with people like this. So he really definitely had an impact on my career as a child and, you know, what my trajectory eventually was. But, um, so yeah, I, I grew up, you know, as a total super fan when I was a kid. And I, like, 
I know his songs, his lyrics before I know the real song and lyrics <laughs> for a lot of 90s songs, like for real. Like it's, I still sing them in my head when I hear the real song. I'm like, oh, that's not the right version. Right. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, he definitely like permeated my, my childhood and it was very, you know, such a, such a great thing to be obsessed with. Um, and in Canada, uh, he actually would do much music takeovers. Like, I, I think he did MTV once too, right? Right, right. He right, would, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think he did it more in Canada, or at least, like, that's what I want to believe. But um, <laughs> I just, I remember that a lot. And I, I would record them all and just, like, watch them over and over. And, like, yeah. So he was just, wow. you know, such a big part of my of my my childhood. Um, wow. And... Yeah, so it's not to put a downer on things, but um, the Matthew, the uh, kid that I grew up with, who's like my best friend, um, you know, we floated apart and years later we connected. I think we were like, I don't know, 22, 23. We connected on the internet and he was, you know, we we're just like going through all those memories and it was, you know, so nice to connect with him. Um, and then like a week later, I found out he passed away. Oh no. Um he yeah, he was really sad. Um wow. yeah, so he passed away from an overdose, I guess. So oh. he was having mm. some issues. But yeah, and it just so I don't know, that like I think about him all the time though, you know, and every yeah. time I worked with Al, I was like, oh, I wish Matthew could be here, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, he just um his hamster was named Harvey the Wonder Hamster, <laughs> you know. So we <laughs> <laughs> Oh, our our life is weird out there. So. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, but, it's just yeah. kind of a, a thing, but hopefully, hopefully he's somewhere proud of, proud yeah. of us. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that. And uh, I'm glad yeah. you did finally get, that you did get to reconnect to him with him one last time and, and relive yeah. your childhood and, and all those amazing Absolutely. memories of Weird Al. Yeah. yeah. Now that, that, like one chat just like means so much to me yeah. and I, I saved it and I just you know it's nice to just really have that uh just that experience with someone else who truly understands that like a you know love and obsession mm -hmm. um because <laughs> right. I feel like when you're a kid like when you love something you like love something like it's <laughs> it's an intense thing that you <laughs> you feel so it's just cool to share that with somebody else. Well, Ethan and I have not outgrown our love of Weird Al since we were children. <laughs> well, yeah. We, we, we still understand that. <laughs> I actually have a really good friend who uh, he's, oh, God, I think he went to, like, every single show on the No Strings Attached uh, tour or whatever. He's like, he's like you guys. He's, wow. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> um, and he, I've always you know, invited to him to every shoot I've done with Al. And he's just like, <laughs> cool, happy to be there, you know, chilling yeah. out. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, Dave and I, <laughs> we went to 18 each on the Strings Attached tour, including in Victoria. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time ever, like, out that way. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's, like, nice. Um, I hate it and I don't want to go back, but that's just because it's gross. But it smells nice. I'll, you know, I'll give it that. <laughs> Fresh air. Um, but yeah, so when I was, ooh, I want to say like 
16 or 17, I would go on uh, Friendster. Okay. Yeah, you know, Friendster. Right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, would, I would meet all these people, you know, trying to reach out because I wanted to be a film director when I was a teenager. That was like what I wanted to do. Hmm. And I, you know, I would always take pictures and both my parents were like newspaper photographers, like before they had me. So they had some old film cameras. And so kind of just growing up, I always was taking pictures or recording things or making little, you know, little movies. And so it was just kind of a natural thing that came to me. Um, and yeah, I just, when I was, I was hit 18, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go visit LA with all these people I met on the internet. Okay. So I found this, this uh, group of other weirdos that, you know, they're all from, you know, everybody I hang out with here is usually from another place. Like there's very few people who are, who are LA natives, but you know, all the weirdos kind of come to one place to find each other. And this, you know, this was it. And so I found this like house of weird film nerds in Pasadena and I ended up like just staying on their couch for like three months until I was had to go back. <laughs> so I think I did that like two more times, and then eventually was just like, I got, I got to move here. So um, I had no fear at that time. Now I look back, I'm like, oh my god, you just like you didn't have a job, you didn't like have any savings. I literally just like packed up a suitcase full of like books, and I was like, I can't leave my books. Um, we're all like serial killer books and I still have them. I'm like, why did they? Okay. Um, so that's, yeah. And somehow I landed on my feet here, which is like, Oh my God, it's crazy. Cause my husband actually, uh, we just got married last year and he's from Norway and you know, it was like 90 day fiance and he's here. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's like hard to get your stuff together here. Like it's not an easy place to, to just you know come and live it's it's intense (laughs) so especially LA I don't know how I did it yeah I don't know how I did it when I had literally like no resources back then um (laughs) but I did you know so I got like a really crappy job at a uh photo child photo uh studio that we'd like go to schools and do school photography and it was like totally on craigslist no background checks like worst (laughs) job ever (laughs) totally weird they like i would go to schools and was left alone with kids and they were like oh you don't need a background check so um yeah just just to put that out there maybe do background checks on your school photography people just so you know um super weird but uh and like my Oh God, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but I had this like manager lady who was uh, above me and she was always still drunk from the night before, <laughs> like partying. <laughs> she did like band photography or whatever. And like, she'd show up and she's like, has this like thick Southern accent. And she's like, I'm Irish. And I'm like, okay, dude, please don't, please don't kill us in this car. Um, so that sucked. <laughs> and I did that for like, I don't know, maybe two years. Um, but I then would hang out at, uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had just okay, come yeah. from New York and it was only a few years old here. So it was just kind of starting up and, you know, it was like improv and sketch comedy and in this tiny little theater, right? So it was very intimate. 
And I really liked Jeff Garland from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And he had a show there. And I would just go and you wait in line for an hour and you get in. And it was just like, it was him kind of just doing half stand up, half just like venting, you know, <laughs> from his week and to like get right. it out in this arena of people who kind of like understood him a little bit. Um, and it was just really great. And I loved it so much. And it just, you know, it was kind of like therapy. Like he would just have all these really, I still kind of live by some of the things that he said. Um, like just this one thing about like your time is valuable. Your time is worth money. Like don't let people waste your time. Those kinds of things. Hmm. He kind of just gave me like really good advice when I was young and like, I think I was about 20. Um, so yeah, I started hanging out there. Eventually I started going uh, to see more shows, more shows. And eventually I met Scott Ackerman and he did wow. a show called Comedy Death Ray at the time, which yeah. is uh, now Comedy Death Ray. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So he had like the coolest, you know, one of the coolest shows there. And I don't even know how we met. We just, you know, I probably just went up to him and I was like, I love you on Mr. Show or something. <laughs> um <laughs> And he was like, cool, man, you want, you know, come backstage. And I did. And I started being allowed to go backstage and just hang out and take pictures in the green room because there was no one else doing that. And so I kind of just like did that. And I would just go there every night and moved. I moved down the street. I would go there every single night and just hang out. And yeah, we did. Uh, we did like a silly uh, calendar for his uh his show and so within like two weeks i had a portfolio of all of these people um wow. like i shot zach galifianakis the day before the hangover came out wow so i had oh know, wow all these people yeah so like sarah silverman and she was you know she had a show and so she actually got me my first uh real you know ad job um, it was for the last season of her TV show on Comedy Central. And oh, wow. she was like, nope, I want this person. And they they let me do it. And I had totally no idea what I was doing. But, you know, I hired, <laughs> hired a great crew. And we had this, like, huge photo shoot. It was one of the most terrifying and wonderful things I'd experienced. And it really solidified. I was like, oh, my God, this is what I want to be doing here. So, yeah, it was, you know just this big set and like this whole crew and I was like holy crap this is all for like you know I get to <laughs> do this um so that was yeah that was a great experience and she's the best and she's always been so supportive uh especially you know just of younger women that are trying to come up and and do stuff so she's I will always love her for that and oh well, yeah because she's a great person in general yeah. but oh, of course. um and yeah, yeah like Cool people tend to also hang out with cool people and like kind of the crappy ones get weeded out pretty fast. <laughs> um, there, there's still some creeping around, but like in general, like, <laughs> you know, they were all kind of friends with each other. So it was like, oh, this person's cool. So like then I would be kind of accepted and allowed to like do, you know, to, to take pictures and hang out. So Wow. So that's such a, that's a, big difference between uh, photographing school children and then all of a sudden now you're photographing celebrities and you've got Sarah Silverman and Zach Galifianakis on your resume, you know, so <laughs> that's amazing. And actually right after, 
right after, so I quit that job because I was making like just enough to be able to survive um, <laughs> with photo shoots. And I drove by the the school photography company and they had gone bankrupt <laughs> because the box oh. was like super sketchy, right? And it was going to happen. But like, so they were bankrupt and right outside, plastered all over the gate that was like, do not enter was my Sarah Silverman promo, <laughs> the whole ad campaign. Wow. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. So I kind of was like, okay, I guess I'm doing the right thing here. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> and that's why I met Al um, through that group. And I, I don't remember the first time I met him. Uh, it was probably like, there was like, they always used to do like uh comedy death ray uh comedy bang bang um like christmas show or whatever right and so like everyone would come it was like this big thing or like they did this one called like night of 120 tweets and right, so yeah. like all of these people would show up mm-hmm. these like celebrities so i think that's where i met al is at one of those um because i have a picture with him and I'm smiling like a total nerd. Uh, <laughs> it's in the, it's in the, um, if you've ever been to UCB on Franklin, there's a bunch of photos on the wall. And I took all of those way back then. And um, there's one of me in the corner with Al from like the comedy death ray night. So I think that's probably where I first met him. Yeah. I was going to mention that because when I was out in LA a few years ago for Weird Al's Hollywood star ceremony, I spent a lot of time going to UCB and I grabbed a picture of your picture with Al. (laughs) So that was still on my phone. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, yeah, they were like, Oh, we want to put a picture up of you. And I was like, okay, but Weird Al has to be in it too. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Wow. Yeah, I missed that star ceremony. I just saw on like Tom Lennon's Instagram, like, you know, oh, yeah. posting about it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was an incredible day. I, I love their friendship, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you also shot Tom quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Around that time, yeah, we were just all kind of hanging out. And like once I was once I was in, it was kind of like, oh, this is the photographer. Because a lot of shooting comedians is like trust and... Um, I don't know. I feel like just kind of the industry of photography is like this stranger comes in that's hired by someone else and takes pictures of you and you don't really know them. Mm-hmm. And I think people were just comfortable with me because I was, you know, one of not one of them, but like pretty close to one of them because like comedians can be very dark. There's like definitely uh, a lot of them, you know, have depression and anxiety and it's it's a way to work through that stuff. And you know, I've, I've dealt with that. And so I kind of have that understanding that was like deeper understanding of like existential dread. And shit. so, <laughs> um, so I feel like that's, that's how I kind of like fit into that group a little bit. And, uh, you know, they just trusted me and I wasn't, I wouldn't show pictures that people didn't want to have shown and, you right. know, I'm not going to do that. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, like, became, like, some the go-to person that was, like, trustworthy. And, um, yeah, and I, like, still hold to that. I'm like, you will never, ever have a picture put out that I <laughs> that isn't cleared <laughs> specifically by you. So, um, but, yeah, so, um, and, yeah, to when be you're, clear, Al doesn't fit into that. He's, like... <laughs> As far as I know, like, not the darkest person in the world. He's so, like, happy and he's always like, hello. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that, that crowd in general, we all have some, you know, some sadness about us, but, um, of course. but yeah, he would always, you know, he'd show up and he'd do like, you know, little cameos and stuff. And, uh, that was always just so cool. And, um, his wife, Suzanne is also like one of my favorite people. And, uh, we would, we would kind of always get to talking on the side of stuff. And, um, his daughter was always there, Nina, who also turned 18 a few days ago. Yeah. Um, it's been, I can't believe it. Like she's, <laughs> she's like an adult now. Um, it's just funny because when I was younger, like, so I think I was maybe, oh gosh, I can't remember. But, um, when she was, I think she was about like 10 or 11, I, we like sat down and I like showed her how to use my camera and just kind of like how to, how to do some photography. And I just remember sitting there going, Oh, this is so cool because when I was this age, exactly. Uh, you know, I was listening to her dad's music and I was like being inspired by it and it, wow. it got me to do photography. So it was just such a cool little, you know, things come full circle in, right. in a strange way, but, um, but yeah, they're they're just cool and they're always so supportive and always there hanging out. And uh, Suzanne Yankovic is a quite a photographer herself. Have you mm -hmm. uh, have you, have you yeah, guys, no, guys uh, share tips with each other? Yeah, for tricks. sure. Um, yeah. yeah, she's she's amazing. I actually have a book she gave me um, of some of her stuff, and yeah, she's she's great. I love her work. Uh, her uh, photography Instagram is, is amazing yeah. and you should all follow it if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we agree with that. It's, she posts some really great stuff, including pictures of Al, which I mean, that's yeah the best yeah. photo you can pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's amazing. She's, she's got a really cool, uh, life story too, but I'll let her tell that to you guys. She's <laughs> Hopefully one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think the, the most exciting, shot you've done for al is what i consider to be the greatest weird al album cover of all time and that is the alpocalypse cover what can you tell us about getting involved in shooting that and and what went into that um yeah so that is also honestly i like i make i always make the joke that i'm like i peaked like that was my peak <laughs> and i'm like I, you know i'm done i can leave now um, just because of, you know, everything that that meant to me and just, you know, so, but yeah, I'm really proud of it. Um, a lot of my other work isn't as, uh, polished in terms of like having that much, um, compositing and like CG and stuff in it, but I'm so happy with it. Like I really, I just really love it. Um, so we shot that in a studio and everybody uh, would sit on like a little form that was supposed to be like a horse, like a little, I don't know what they're called. They're like, I don't know. It was a lump that was supposed to be a horse. And so everybody <laughs> would individually, I would shoot them all individual. So Al, you know, just be an owl on his. And uh, Pestilence was in a full makeup. He was actually, I had done this other book cover for Jenny McCarthy and he was like this mega hunk that was like a Fabio kind of character. And <laughs> oh, yeah. so it was actually that guy. We had that guy come because he was just this huge dude, right? And he was really cool to work with. <laughs> and yeah, we like put this like crazy uh, prosthetics on him. So like his, if you look at him, that's actually like 
99% real. Um, Very, very little retouching on him. Yeah. So he was like, he actually looked like that when he was there. Um, (laughs) Same with Death. Death had a hooked in sickle. uh, And War had full armor too. And it was just our, our, one of our friends. He uh, not wearing a helmet. um, And then we put the the, uh, silver skull on him later in post. So um, the horses oh, wow. are completely CGI. Um, oh, wow. We were working, yeah, we were working with a, uh, a CGI company that does, did stuff for uh, films. And uh, like friend of a friend, they just kind of were like, sure, why not? And uh, <laughs> were able to make those horses for us, which are like so cool looking. And they just turned out perfectly. Um, and we had a guy make the background as well. Um, and the cool part about this whole project was usually when I do a job like this, I hand over the hard drive and I walk away and they do all of the post-production and I most often do not have any, uh, further action in that. Um, I love to do my own retouching and I love to oversee like larger composites and stuff. So they were, they were just cool. I think it was Sony. And they were like, yeah, sure, you and Al can just kind of oversee it. And because, you know, Al's very specific about what he wants. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, cool, like, go ahead. (laughs) And so me and Al worked together to to get that done. And that was just such a cool, um, such a cool thing to do with him. Because I really don't, I've maybe in one other time experienced it like that. So it was just really cool that, like, you know, the artists were able to kind of uh, finish it because yeah. so much of it is is post-production, right? Right. And what kind of input is Weird Al giving you as you're as you're sitting down there working with him and looking at the picture and, and retouching? Um, yeah. So it was mostly just like he just had a very specific vision. And I think I think he probably always does. And, yeah, he's just like, yeah, like, you know, I'd. I'd bring it back to him and be like what do you what about this like do you like the hair on this horse and he's like oh you know like maybe a little you know different shade or something so just you know kind of working on it to get it to where like I think his vision was um and it was easy like it was he was uh I think we accomplished what we were trying to do um you know not easy but like yeah. it was he was <laughs> easier to work with um right because yeah you just kind of you just you chip at it until it's, uh, you know, I guess sculpted to the, the way you want it to be. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty simple, uh, back and forth. And, uh, as far as I remember, it was a long time ago, but, um, I just have like <laughs> so when good you're... memories from that whole pro- process. So when you're working on a project like this, like something on the scale of apocalypse is, uh, someone like Weird Al, is he coming to you with the idea or are you approaching him with different ideas? How does that back and forth work? It depends. Um, for Al, he definitely came to us with this exact thing that he wanted to do. I think that's probably true for all, everything he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I feel like he's somebody who knows, he knows what he wants and, if you just kind of like look at his career, it's like he, it's always on brand, you know? And I think he's really good at staying on his brand and he knows exactly what that is. And so, yeah, I think it's just always like, at least every time I've worked with him, he's just, he knows, he knows what his brand is and he knows the perimeters 
to stay to keep that exact right. thing going. Um, just, you know, in terms of like being PG and like, you know, it, it's for everyone. And I think he's really good at just keeping it, um, you know, interesting and cool and new. And like, I love everything he does. It's just, you know, it's great. Um, but it's still definitely Weird Al, you know? <laughs> right. Outside of Weird Al, is that is that normal in your line of business? Or are you usually giving it, other people ideas? It goes both ways. Uh, sometimes people will come to me. And it depends what kind of project it is. If it's a bigger project like that, like if it's, uh, you know, for advertising or for, you know, a film, uh, often we'll be working with an ad agency, a design agency, um, or networks will have, or production companies will have um, an in-house team. So often you'll, you know, you'll get like a PDF that is um, a bunch of ideas they have from an art director and it's like drawn up and it's great. And then you just kind of go from there and, and work with them. Um, and, you know, sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. It, it really depends on who you're working with and like how this, sometimes they're like, this is exactly what we want or this, here's some ideas we can play with them kind of thing. Um, I've had, I've had times where I went in with, you know, a very specific thing. I do it. I'm like, Hey, we have a little bit more time. Uh, can I try this? And, you know, they the network's really cool. And they're like, sure. Yeah. So I did this whole other setup and it ended up being the billboard, um, rather than <laughs> what they were originally right. planning. So, that was kind of a one-off, but you know, it's always, I always try and do a little more if I can, because you never know what you're going to be able to, to use and clients definitely want to have extra stuff. Um, so in the future they can, they can use stuff or just have a lot of options. Um, like the, from the Alpocalypse shoot, we did some PR stuff on the side that they were going to use to like promote it or, you know, put, we did a bunch of stuff for that. We actually went to another studio and did like the, like uh, where the whole band's in it and it's all green and it's like right. an industrial yeah, place. The That's actually, and, yeah. that, was, mm-hmm, that was my, uh, my friend, Nick, uh, he has a shop called all sets and that was there. They used to build uh, like film sets there. Oh, okay. And so they let us use that. Yeah. And that, that was like their real place. And uh, so we just kind of did that as well and those also made it to the um to the album but um so yeah we had done a bunch of studio stuff that day when we were shooting apocalypse and that one of those actually ended up being uh the cover for medium rarities um where he's like stuck under some cellophane yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um so that came out years later and i was like hey i think i shot that um so what was the original yeah, intention was... for that? Was it that he would be under cellophane or, I mean, it's, no. it, it's so no, perfect. No, he's just, we just, yeah, I know. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sony, Sony owns those. So I was like, oh, so they can kind of do whatever they want. And um, yeah, no, they're just a bunch of, I was just looking at them on my computer. I'm like, oh yeah, these are just a bunch of studio shots of him, <laughs> you know, playing around and he's got, so many cool poses that he can do um (laughs) always always with the poses um and yeah so yeah that just kind of ended up being something else later on uh which is which is really cool it's so cool yeah that picture that was used on medium rarities is from the same photo shoot that's inside of the 
Apocalypse book with the center yep. section with Al in the uh, polka dot pants and black shirt. Yeah. It was the same day. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did like a few outfit changes. So we just shot, you know, because um, he kind of looks, looks the same forever. So <laughs> you can stretch that. True. Um, yeah. So how did you first get approached to do Alpocalypse? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I think he just emailed me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. It's been so long. But yeah, I think he just emailed me. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And did you have anything to do with the the video that was shot in that same like workshop? Did you shoot the video? No, I ha- I wasn't directing at that time. I am now, but no. uh, yeah, so I didn't I didn't have anything to do with that. So I I mentioned that the Alpocalypse cover is my all time favorite Weird Al cover. Now, growing up as a Weird Al super fan, what was your original favorite cover? I have to assume it's now Alpocalypse. Yeah, it's probably Bad Hair Day. I was obsessed with that one yeah. and even worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think I love Bad Hair Day so much because it was just, you know, such a, a fun album cover. But a lot of it, I think, just comes from, like, the memories of, of you know, playing it over and over again. I think I had it on cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, like, knew who Weird Al was before I knew who Michael Jackson was. <laughs> <laughs> You've also been on the set of a couple Weird Al music videos. What can you tell us about being on the set for Perform This Way? Yeah. Um, yeah, they just invited me to come on set that day and uh, just uh, do some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, the costume designers that were there did such a cool job on, uh, you know, they had to make costumes for the woman who was being Lady Gaga and, right. and Al. Um, right. his face was put on her body later <laughs> um and it was really cool just to see how they they pulled that off and you know were able to to seamlessly put those together um yeah that was a really fun day a lot a lot of dancing and a lot of uh <laughs> <laughs> a lot of but yeah was the meat dress real meat uh no probably not because he's a vegetarian but i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) so i mean can you give us any of the behind the scenes details like obviously it wasn't al you know wearing all the dresses and stuff um he did a few like i think there was a few like above uh chest outfits okay i I believe music videos are kind of different because i'm kind of doing the opposite of what I do when I'm doing photo shoots, which is like I'm directing on photo shoots and I'm kind of, you know, managing it. Uh, but uh, for doing behind the set stills, you're kind of supposed to be a ghost, right? right. So right. a lot of it is like, I just kind of creep around and like <laughs> watch everyone else and snap some <laughs> pictures and stuff. So I don't have some any like specific memories on those. Um, other than like it was so cool and i love i love being on set and uh doing doing al's music videos so now there is a scene in there where there's like a bunch of photographers taking pictures were you one of those photographers no (laughs) weirdly (laughs) enough weirdly enough no um not that i remember at least You also were shooting for the music video of Foil? I just pulled it up on my computer. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot how many people were here. 
I have all these silly <laughs> pictures behind the scenes of like Tom Lennon and Ben Grant, like with traffic cones on their heads. And <laughs> oh, and Catherine Burns. She's a choreographer. She's actually an Emmy winning choreographer now. Wow. Um, yeah, she was there. Oh my gosh. Wow. So many people. I forgot about this. You guys. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Most of the behind the scenes pictures here are of Tom and Ben being silly. Cause they are my favorite. Um, yeah. <laughs> these are hilarious. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll see if I can release these. Oh, it'd be so cool to see him. Yeah. What happens to all these pictures that you're taking behind the scenes on music videos? Are they for Weird Al? Are they for the record company? Or are they for just yourself? Where do they ultimately end up being used? It, it depends. I don't remember who hired me on these ones. Um, but it's always like I have to get them cleared before I release them. Mm -hmm. um, with any celebrity, you have to do that for, you know, good reason. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember. I just don't remember. <laughs> um, I know some of these were released, but yeah, I'll I'll go through them and just see. I'll email Al and see if I can just put them out because they're cool. Yeah, I can send them awesome. to you. I can send them to you. That'd be great. Yeah, might be a fun little them. gallery. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you mentioned you did those photo shoots with Al, but you also you shot the the main tour photo for his strings attached tour. Yeah. Was that the same kind of thing, sitting on the, the stirrups? <laughs> it was, except we didn't have a very big budget with that one. That was more of a, um, like, album covers generally have bigger budgets than, you know, like a tour a tour promo. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, Al, Al just wanted to be, like, writing a, I think it's a bass, right? Yeah. Um, right. And so I want to, anytime it's Al, I want to do it. <laughs> and no yeah. matter the budget i want to be right. you know i love him and i want to be able to do it so um i said yes and there was like it was a very small budget so i was like okay how do i do this by myself i i, I think my friend lily was assisting me and that was it wow. <laughs> so we were like okay we got to figure this out together and you know it's kind of fun doing it that way but also like okay we got to make this work so we made that that uh, little horse form out of um, apple boxes and ferny pads and gaff tape. So we just like wow. built a mountain. Yeah. I hope it was comfortable enough for him, but um, built a little mountain. And I have, I have my own little small studio downtown Los Angeles and I do like portraits and stuff there. So mm -hmm. we set it up there and uh, we had, Oh, I remember now because his hair needed to be blowing in the wind. And I was like, oh man, I don't have like a professional uh, fan. It like had broken. So I'm like, oh crap. And the last minute I like went out and spent my own money on a leaf blower. <laughs> um, like a small one. Yeah. I was like, it's gotta work. I gotta blow his hair. It, it won't work without his beautiful hair. Being blown in the wind. <laughs> so it was kind of like a crazy, you know, running to make this thing work. And he shows up. You know, in a full tuxedo, as Al often does, um, <laughs> right. like totally ready to go. Um, and yeah, he, you know, he's he's just such a professional. Like, uh, you know, I look back and like, oh my god, did I make him jump too many times? Like, oh no. Um, but he really just 
he'll just, yeah, he does it. Like he's such a hard worker and he just, you know, he knows all his poses and his faces and he just like gets down to business. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a he's a joy to shoot honestly because he really has been yeah. doing this for so long yeah. that he knows exactly what to do <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah it's he's easy to shoot and he's just you know super chill to work with um but yeah i'm like worried i made him jump too many times now because my friend <laughs> was like he jumped a lot in that i'm like oh my god um and then <laughs> now i'm like second guessing myself years later um but you know no complaints just happy to have to do it and then he left in a tuxedo <laughs> wow. oh, you know so walked out the door in a tuxedo yeah. and drove home now for a shoot like that you know where you're just maybe taking a, a you know a specific picture you know you have it in mind how long does that whole process take and how many actual photos are you taking in that process um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that because when I'm shooting, I'm kind of in my own, you know, my own weird creative space and I just kind of go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, especially something like this where we're just kind of a little more free with time. Um, I took 400 pictures of him wow. that day. Wow. <laughs> now, are they all generally the same picture or were you doing different poses and different Yeah. Things? So, okay. The first batch to up about to... Up to about 200 is him on on the really crappy horse form that I made. <laughs> um, and then the other half are his hands because we wanted to get his hands right for uh, okay. uh, him holding the guitar because it's kind of a cartoony yeah. look, right? Like it's kind of a you don't to actually ride a bass would be really difficult. <laughs> so, uh, there's all these like, you know, just crazy poses of his, yeah, he's, he's like laying in a chair so we could get his feet right and his legs right. Um, just so we had all these different elements that they could later take and composite together. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause I didn't do, I didn't do the composite on this one. Okay. Um, and then also my friend, Sebastian Steinberg, who's uh, an amazing musician. He, uh, he like he was in a really famous band in the '90s, which I can't remember the name of because I'm cool. But he tours with Fiona Apple and stuff, and he plays at Largo all the time. But he's wow. this dude who looks like a wizard who has this huge bass. So he came over and uh, let me take a bunch of pictures of his bass. Um, oh, cool. So that's his bass. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> How awesome! So now I also understand you have done some photography for Weird Al's longtime guitar player, Jim Kimo West. I have, yeah. Um, so yeah, Jim, all of those guys are so fun to work with. And um, Jim just uh, Jim just emailed me one day and was like, hey, I've got this album I'm doing. It's a flat key guitar, um, like Hawaiian album with uh, Ken Emerson. And uh, he's like, yeah. Uh, we want to be laying on a beach, <laughs> just sitting on a beach. It's, like, it's called Slackers in Paradise. And so we figured out that the best way with the budget that we had was to composite it and to like get like stock of like a beach. Um, so he came over actually at the time he came over to my house and we shot that in my kitchen Whoa. in the morning. <laughs> this is the Slackers in Paradise album where it's him literally sitting on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So him and Ken are like sitting on chairs on a beach playing their guitars. And uh, yeah, so I just, I, you know, stripped my kitchen of everything and threw up a seamless, a gray seamless. And because that's the easiest to cut out um, when you're compositing. 
And um, yeah, uh, I have this memory of my them. They were just playing their music, right? I was like, okay, like you're sitting on the beach, and just play, just play a song. And so they both just start playing, and it's like this beautiful, like they're so talented, and like that music is just like like from heaven, and it's just like gorgeous music. <laughs> and my roommate wakes up because this is like early in the morning and he just kind of like wanders into the room like in his pajamas like holding a bong (laughs) what's going on what is this beautiful music he didn't realize there was people playing music Um, i'm like go back go back go back um but then he just stood there like transfixed and they played a few songs for us and it was so cool um and i think i have a video of that somewhere wow. so i should find that <laughs> i think it's on my instagram from like years ago actually it's on there somewhere um but yeah it was cool and jim's just so nice and actually when i was in hawaii with uh my now husband i i had that album and i was playing it when we were driving through uh Kauai the whole time oh wow so oh, really nice. cool. yeah. yeah so um yeah, they're they're great great musicians as well. For sure. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> so, I mean, looking through some of these folks that you've you've shot, we've only touched on a couple, but I mean, some of my favorite people outside of Weird Al include Brian Cranston and Bob Odenkirk. What can you tell us about, you know, shooting with them? Um, yeah. So, so I've shot Bob Odenkirk a couple times. One of the times was for Actually, he wasn't even in that, but he was there. So this is my favorite memory of Bob Odenkirk. So I was always a huge Mr. Show fan, like major, major Mr. Show fan. And so I was always like so nervous around him because he's he's kind of serious and he's super nice, but he's like, he's serious. And he's not just like, oh, hey, I love you, you know. So I'm always like, okay, I hope he likes me. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was doing this photo shoot for the birthday boys. And they had this show on IFC for a while. It was a sketch show. Yep. And super amazing. I did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on that. And those guys are all my buddies and so cool. And I wish that show was still on because it was amazing. But um, Bob was, like, producing it. And um, he – or I don't know. He was he was a big part of, of the behind-the-scenes of that show. So uh, on the photo shoot that day, we were all out because they wanted some more, like, kind of cool, gritty – photos so (laughs) we were outside of um milk studios in hollywood just trying to find like alleys and stuff we could shoot in and i'm carrying around a sixty thousand dollar camera which is like this medium format hasselblad (laughs) and i'm like crouching kind of like on the side of the road like almost in traffic to try and get this shot and bob comes up to me he's like robin no no photo is worth your life. <laughs> he just like <laughs> me on the back, and I was like, "Okay, sorry, Bob." And then at the very end of it, he kind of he just like kind of gives me this like handshake, and he's like looks me straight in the eyes, and he's like, "You did a really good job today." And I was just like, "Oh my god, thank you, Bob." Oh man, and, like you know, wow. approval of like the best you know dad ever. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I I love him, but wow. um, <laughs> uh, Brian Cranston. I worked with him twice, actually. Uh, so the the portrait I have of him on my website is actually like a crazy uh, a crazy quick 
photo shoot that I did, my friend, Mike Rosenstein, who's a comedy producer, he was, um, he was doing this pilot for like this little talk show or something. And they were at the Chateau Marmont and I lived like a block away at the time. And Mike calls me. He's like, it's like 7 PM. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Not much. He's like, why don't you come up to the Chateau and take some pictures? And I was like, all right, fine. So I like dragged all my stuff up there. And I was like, this better be cool, Mike. Five minutes later, like Brian Cranston walks in. I was like, okay, okay. All right. All right. Um, no big deal. No big deal. Breaking Bad's almost like, you know, only like the best show in the world right, right now. Um, right. <laughs> like, um and yeah so I, I set up two lights as quickly as I could I was like in a kitchen it was this tiny kitchen and I was just like oh hey Brian I I need to take a picture of you for the opening credits <laughs> just like pulled them aside um, and I got I took four frames and that was the frame that I got wow. like that's how amazing that guy's you know face is and just wow. like his his professionalism too. He's just like on immediately. Um, and another time I was uh, doing behind the scenes stills on a commercial. So it was him and Aaron Paul. And I don't remember what this commercial was. I know like Julia Louise Dreyfus was there as well, but it was, it was some commercial, but they were like in a pawn shop and Aaron Paul was doing this like redneck character and Brian Cranston was like this pawn shop owner <laughs> and it was just super funny and they were just doing improv and like Cranston you know comes from comedy and just be like you know just watching him them play off each other was so cool and just for a while I was just kind of in there with both of them alone just watching them like oh, wow. just kind of play yeah it was really fun because I don't know there's just little moments like that where you're like oh yeah these guys are like everyone kind of comes here for a reason. And when you're in that moment, sometimes you like see that reason and you see that, like, I don't know, sounds, sounds weird, but it's like this, like pure, this purity of like, I don't know, art, I guess in a way. That's, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, there's a moment when you really like see why someone's here. And thankfully, you know, just with my job, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of there for a lot of those moments, just quietly observing, um, taking pictures. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta find a way, better way to phrase that. <laughs> but I hope that makes sense. Now, I mean, for Weird Al fans, the, the roster of, you know, different celebrities and comedians that you work with are names that definitely our listeners will recognize everyone from like Eric Andre to Chris Hardwick, everyone from Thomas Lennon, Reggie Watts, Garfunkel and Oates, Patton Oswalt. I mean, Fred Willard, this this list is absolutely amazing. This is like the top comedians. It is so great that you got to work with those. I mean, I know I threw a whole bunch of names at you. Do you have any stories of working with any of those? I actually have a really good memory about Ricky Lindholm. Um, mm. So her and Kate McCoochie started doing Garfunkel and Oates at UCB. And I was there kind of around the time they started doing that. And yeah, it was, it was like kind of right as they, they kind of started to get famous. And um, Al had, it was right after a shot of Apocalypse. And he gave, uh, he gave me a bunch of tickets to, they were doing like the Orange County Fair or something. He was playing there. Oh, cool. And yeah. yeah. And Ricky was a huge fan of his. And I was like, you should come, you should come. And so, yeah, I brought her with me. And like backstage, I think maybe that was the first time she met him. Wow. I'm not sure on that one, but wow. it was just, 
yeah it was just cool um <laughs> so and then obviously they like you know totally know each other now and like right. you know have oh, mutual yeah. <laughs> respect and all that but um yeah so she was always a fan of his for sure you did a shot of nathan fielder for nathan for you and that is like yeah, okay. my new favorite tv show of all time okay so i also think that is one of the best tv shows of all time um Nathan is actually uh, from Canada. He's from Vancouver, very close to where I'm yep. from. And so that was always uh, my thing um, with him. We were actually neighbors. We lived down the street from each other in West Hollywood. Oh, wow. And I would, so this was after I shot him. I would bump into him. It was weird for a while. Like once a week, I would bump into him. And, you know, we, were, we don't like really know each other, but we, we work together. So, you know, you stop and you say hi. Um, but it was also, it was always like the most awkward <laughs> thing ever <laughs> encounter every time. He's like, just like, hey, Ethan, what's up? He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I, uh, oh, I don't, I'm just going to story. He's like, okay, me too. And then we just like walk away from each other. Um, he's not a character on his show. That's him. That's him. <laughs> wow. That's totally him. Um, no, he's cool as hell. I love, I love that show. Yeah. And when, so when I did that, um, you guys remember the episode where he puts up a bunch of posters so people will draw dicks yes, on them. Yes. And then he'll catch them. <laughs> Yeah, so he catches them, and then, like, it's like it pretends it's a cool teen show, but then it's like, you know, tells their parents. Right. Um, okay, so I did all the posters for that. Wow. Um, one day, yeah, they were like, hey, hey, uh, it was absolutely the production company, and uh, I've worked with the producers a whole bunch, and they're like, hey, do uh, you want to come do this this one day? Uh, we need to, you know, shoot a bunch of little posters. And so I kind of just had to go with them while they were shooting other stuff. And Nathan and I had to go like run and like do a little photo shoot. So some of them are, are not my favorite. They're a little janky because we had like five minutes to do something in someone's backyard. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it was, it was very much like a run and gun, low budget gorilla, gorilla type of thing for that. Uh, but yeah, there was a few where we could set up a little more like the milkman one. That was, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh on the street so that was so that was so silly and fun but yeah nathan wow. nathan was amazing to work oh, with. he's awesome. so weird and i love him. <laughs> yeah. i can't wait to see what else he's doing like i, I just know. everything that guy does is good yeah um yeah <laughs> i saw you also did a, a shot uh, at least one shot of rat and link from good mythical morning oh yeah those guys are awesome um my friend stevie is their producer oh wow okay yeah so uh i've just known her for a while i did some pictures with her actually she used to be a model oh. um yeah and so i just knew her and she was like hey i'm producing this show i was like cool um <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know who they i didn't know who they were i didn't like listen to or watch or whatever um youtube mm -hmm. podcast stuff they did but um my sister does and she was like oh my god um <laughs> but we we went out to um griffith park and got a, got a permit and built a, an office in the park <laughs> um i think it was like yeah all their all their crew like built us a little um office um yeah and just did a little photo shoot in the park so cool it's really fun but those guys those guys are super nice too. They're really cool. Yeah. And, and also Weird Al fans, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Well, who isn't? Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Are there any comedians or celebrities that you have not worked with that you would love to work with? Hmm. And who would they be? My number one is uh, Werner Herzog. Hmm. Uh, he's my favorite filmmaker and just personality and character ever basically hmm. um i've reached out to his management a few times i was like shut down <laughs> so i guess this is this is a public cry uh, for uh, anyone <laughs> who can help me shoot Werner herzog that would be my and i'm trying to learn german i'm actually trying to learn german right now um, for another related project where I need to be speaking German. So I want to be able to speak German and just like make him love me, basically. That's my, that's my new goal. I mean, I feel like you've got enough connections. Yeah. There's got to be a way to get Werner Herzog. I, dude, I've been trying for years. I mean, he was on like Parks and Rec, but I, you know, I can't get him. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I keep trying though, because I'm like, oh my God, he's getting old. Like, I gotta, I gotta get him. I gotta get him. Um, I love him so much. One day. One day you'll get him. One day. I hope so. It's like, it's really like the only, I mean, there's a bunch of other people that I think are cool and I would love to work with, but like that is the main, like I, I need to do that before I die basically. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, before we go, I did want to ask about, you know, you, you obviously have your main Instagram account at Von Swank, but you also have two others that I wanted to hear about. And I think first let's start with Von Swank curiosities. What can you tell us about, you know, this, I, I guess, series of photos that you've shot all over the world of curiosities. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, I grew up in Victoria, BC. I grew up across from a cemetery and that I had no friends. So I would sit <laughs> in the cemetery all day <laughs> and read. And I would read about weird history and, you know, folklore and all this stuff. So that kind of uh, gave me the, the foundation. Uh, just for I don't know a lot of a lot of interest like I was a goth kid and you know just super into this dark stuff or whatever um, but you know as I got older I was like oh there's some actually really interesting history behind a lot of this stuff and um, yeah I just I'm just really interested in um, a lot of Let's see. <laughs> There's so much stuff I'm interested in, um, <laughs> like the history of medicine and, you know, uh, weird things in jars and all this. But <laughs> I love abandoned places. I love um, I'm, I'm butchering this, actually. Um, let me think. <laughs> I got to say this. I hate I always feel like I'm like, I like creepy stuff. Like, I like scary, spooky stuff. So, um <laughs> I don't know. I have I have a wide interest in different things that are, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So Europe just has a lot of weird, broken down old history. And I love going to, you know, explore that and abandoned urban exploring, like abandoned houses is just something that I love and have always done. Um, and it's it's just, you know, it's a rush. It's an adrenaline rush for multiple reasons legal reasons um safety reasons <laughs> uh you know you can things things can fall on you and kill you or things can cave in black mold you know right. like wildlife other people living in there that want to stab you um <laughs> multiple things can go wrong 
And <laughs> um, so there's just that like intense adrenaline rush of doing that. And I, I, you know, that's something that I just love doing. And it's kind of, you know, working in, in studios in LA and it, it's, it's clean and it's safe <laughs> and I love doing it. Um, but I love the other half, which is like, I can go and I can just like get down and gritty and like, you know, take pictures of gross things <laughs> like while healing Chernobyl and everything. Um, so I think it's just like, uh, it's, it's me taking a vacation from clean things. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just have a, you know, a wide and I have a wide pool of interests and a lot of those mm. are just like weird old history stuff. And so I like to go and I also like to be anonymous in a, in a, in a place. Like it just feels not that I'm like famous or anything, but like, it just feels nobody knows who you are and you can just kind of go and just, you just feel free. Mm-hmm. It's just this feeling of freedom because I usually travel alone. Um, and I just love going to a new city and not knowing anybody, not knowing, not just seeing things for the first time that are just, you know, like going to Prague for the first time and just seeing the, you know, Rudolph the Second's like collection of, you know, weird jewels that he had in his <laughs> alchemy lab. Like <laughs> there's an alchemy lab that they found. It was like from the 16th century. There was like a flood and they found this alchemy lab that like had underground tunnels to the castle. And Rudolph, the, he was a Holy Roman emperor. Um, Rudolph II, he was like this crazy dude who used to, he was obsessed with the occult. And he was like, calm down, Catholic Church. Let's let's instead do all this like crazy magic stuff. And so he like funded all this like alchemy. And uh, so there was all these like wizards, you know, making potions underground in laboratories. And <laughs> he would like walk through the, walk through the hallways with like crocodiles and stuff. Like he had these like crocodiles wow. with like jeweled necklaces. There's just <laughs> wow. crazy history, you know? Wow. So, yeah. 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 You know, how can you, how can you not like that stuff? It's fun. So. <laughs> yeah. There is another Instagram page I'd like to ask you about, and that is at Winston T. Gravy. What can you tell us about Professor Winston T. Gravy and his Instagram page? Well, he is currently sleeping next to me (laughs) and making tiny little noises. Um, He has turned eight years old. Eight years old last week. He is a Chihuahua miniature pincher Australian shepherd. Wow. Which I don't know how that makes sense. Yeah, he's, he's a creature. He's definitely a creature. Um, but he's my best friend, and we hang out, like, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, but he comes with me to most of my photo shoots, and uh, he's just, yeah, he's just a nice little therapy dog. He can sit on people's laps, and, yeah, he's always, he, he really has come to most of my shoots. He, you know, when you're just when someone's waiting around or whatever, he'll just go and sit on them and <laughs> just give them some love. So, yeah, oh. he's always around. So has Professor Winston T. Gravy, has he met Weird Al? Probably. <laughs> you, have ask, you have to ask him. No, um, we wouldn't want you to wake him up for that. So, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he has. <laughs> and do we know what the T stands for? Um... <laughs> Okay, so I was really into Wolf of Wall Street when I got him. Okay. <laughs> like, it had just come out, and I was like, this movie's crazy. 
Um, also, why is Jordan Belfort still allowed to make money? But this movie's crazy. Um, and uh, Winston was a little aggressive uh, towards another dog and tried to hump it. And I was like, oh, he's so aggressive. He's like tiny Jordan Belfort. And I don't you know. So it was, T stands for tiny Jordan Belfort. Um, <laughs> it just sounded better than Winston Gravy, you know, at the time. So. It's incredible. And what does he teach, or is he just an honorary professor? Well, he's a professor of adventure. Okay. Um, okay. He's tenured. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Wow. He knows what's up. <laughs> he's been a lot of places, actually. <laughs> he's been all around the U.S., and he's got different sweaters from every place. Wow. <laughs> he's very well. Wow. Very well traveled. <laughs> he's, he's an impressive dog. Yes. Sounds like <laughs> it. He's very cute, too. So people should check out Winston T. Yeah, Gravy yeah. on Instagram. Robin, this, is, this has just been so awesome getting to chat with you, and I, I feel like there's hundreds of hours of more stories that you could be telling us. Just It sounds like you've you've done it all. You've seen so many great people. You've gotten to work with so many great people. We can check out your website, vonswank.com. And is Von Swank, is that a real name, or is that just like an awesome made-up name? Yeah, no, it's a lie. I totally made it up when I was like 15. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I always wonder if I should keep it. I'm like, God, oh, so lame. But no, it's, it's already stuck. It's so. awesome. I'm no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad still makes fun of me. So what are you going to do? <laughs> so we can follow Von Swank Curiosities, Winston T. Gravy, and at Von Swank on Instagram. And Robin, this has just been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, anytime. You guys are great. Thank you for joining us, Robin. That was an amazing interview. It was so much fun to get to hear all about the exciting photo sessions that you had with Weird Al. <laughs> yes. So this is kind of funny. Not too long after we actually recorded the interview with Robin, someone on the Weird Al Ultimate Hoarding Extravaganza group on Facebook posted one of her photos that they had autographed by Weird Al. And I commented, hey, Robin Von Swank took that photo. Bermuda confirmed that was Robin at the photo session and that the Apocalypse cover photo session was held on October 6th, 2010. And then Bermuda posted a follow-up picture as well. Yeah, so in the picture, it showed Robin taking the picture of Al and the guys sitting on the couch that had been commented. So I wrote back, I said, hey, I hope someone like Ruben took a picture of you, Bermuda, taking a picture of Robin, taking a picture of Al. And he responded by saying, well, unfortunately, Ruben was taking a nap. And then he showed a picture of Ruben laying on the floor <laughs> taking a nap. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Bermuda also mentioned on the Weird Al Ultimate Hoarding Extravaganza group that the workshop photo shoot session was taken a few days before the October 6th Apocalypse cover photo session. Now, after the interview, Robin sent us a link to this really cool album of photos that she took on the set of the Perform This Way music video. So head over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch. And we have a link there for you to check these out. And don't worry, you don't have to be a Patreon supporter to see the link. It's up for free for everybody. But you can feel free to join and become a supporter while you're there. 
This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Brito Brito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Brito Brito. Come on down to Brito Brito and Brito Brito your Brito Brito. Find them at BritoSquared.com and at BritoSquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Brito Brito Brito, but every Brito 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 can be Brito Britoed. Each week, we're able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito. Man, where did I hear about Burrito Burrito recently? Anyway, also Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Blair, Allison, Javier, Kenneth, Jared, Zeb, and introducing Mark. We also want to give thanks to our newest supporter, Richard, and everyone else in our Patreon family. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Looking for another way to support the podcast? Head over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts, tote bags, gosners, mugs, tank tops, face masks, leeches, pillows, and so much more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 79inch where we interview Kraft Punk a.k.a. Dan Curry, from The Eric Andre Show. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. Be sure to share our posts and tell your friends to gill and chill. We love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 spatula you might even hear your message on the air the 347 spatula hotline the official hotline of dave and ethan's 2008 weird al podcast is sponsored by angel valenzuela and david cash two amazing weird al fans and podcast supporters you can catch our show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or the podcast app of your choice whichever you choose be sure to hit that subscribe button so you do not miss any episodes New episodes drop every Wednesday. Be sure to look out for our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch, MC by MC through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those episodes. Plus, it's a great gift to give someone for the upcoming Pi Day. Thank you once again to our guest this week, Robin Von Swank, and thank you to Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song, and thanks to all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who makes this episode and podcast possible. Wow, we can add Robin to that long list of professionals who have shot Weird Al that have been on our podcast. Whoa, Ethan, remember I said our podcast is family-friendly? We cannot talk about shooting people. Yeah, but this is family-friendly. It's about shooting photos. That's it. No more. You say that salty language again, and I will make sure that our intern Frank bleeps you. Oh, really? You're going to bleep me if I say Already did. Okay, well, would it be family-friendly for us to play a little game? 
Of course it would be. What game are you thinking about? Well, how about rock, paper, scissors? All right, sure, I'll go. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, That was Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 95-inch. That Gosner's doesn't belong to Lee Chu. What's going on? What is this beautiful music?